Hello, and welcome to the Author Central Podcast by Fake Factor Media Publishing. I'm your host, Gabby Hernandez-Branch, author, concierge, book lover, and self-proclaimed dream chaser. At Fake Factor Media, we get to work with incredible authors from all walks of life and ages. Have you ever wanted to write a book? Don't know how to get started and need a little inspiration? You are in the right place and we are thrilled you are here. Listen to our amazing authors as we interview them on their unique journeys of authorship. We believe everyone has a story and we hope our authors inspire you to chase your own dreams and tell your story. After all, we truly believe that writing is an extension of your soul. Ready? Let's go! On today's episode, we are talking to author Matthew Papuchis with his book, A Little Birdie Told Me. We are so excited to talk to him as he has an incredible story of his authorship journey and so much more. Matthew Papuchis is an award-winning corporate communication strategist and internal communications leader and has worked for some of the world's leading brands and most admired companies, including Marriott International, the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, Carnival Cruise Line, and Sodexo Inc. Matt received his MA in Strategic Communication and Leadership from Seton Hall University and his BS in Mass Communication from Thompson University, where he was the sports editor of the university newspaper, The Tower Light. Matt has also been a freelance journalist with articles published in numerous publications, including The Washington Post, Baltimore Sun, and the Gazette newspapers of Montgomery County. He currently lives in Plantation, Florida and has three children, Dylan, Noah, and Emma. Please, please help me welcome Matthew Papuchas. How are you, Matthew? I am terrific, Gabby. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Very excited to talk to you about your super interesting book. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm equally excited to be here. Can't wait to talk about it. Awesome, Matthew. Well, yes, let's uh, dive right in. Uh, Matthew, I know our audience heard a little bit about you uh, from your introduction, but I'd love to hear it from you. I'd love if you could share with us a little bit of your background, um, you know, and who Matt is. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Gabby. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've always grown up or I grew up with a, a passion for writing and not not to sound, uh, you know, too um too arrogant about it. I mean, I always, I've always heard that I was a talented writer, um, and and I prided myself on on that and felt good about that. And it was, uh, it was around, um, you know, high school, the end of high school, when I started to think about what I wanted to do for a living, and I decided to pursue uh, pursue journalism uh, as a potential career. So I, I did major in journalism in college, uh, and was a, a newspaper writer editor of the student newspaper at Towson University, plug for my alma mater, Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, sports editor of the college paper. I interned at some of the local newspapers in the, in the city of Baltimore, Baltimore Sun for one. And I just loved it. Um, and it was something that I uh, felt, like I said, I was, I was fairly good at and could make a career at it. And I decided to take a little bit of a different path um, after I graduated for, for a variety of reasons, but I entered the, the corporate world and discovered corporate communications or internal communications as a career path. And that's what I've done for the last 20 or so years almost, which gives me the ability to continue to pursue my passion for writing and leverage my skills as a writer uh, in my career but for corporate organizations and things like that. So I've always loved to write. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, on top of the writing that I do for work from a corporate perspective, I've always enjoyed writing blogs and sharing stories, whether it's on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, or other social media. But the majority of my, my, writing, my writing from a personal standpoint had been on LinkedIn. And every once in a while, I'd get a comment from somebody saying, you have a book in you somewhere. And I would say, yeah, I, somewhere. Tell me, <laughs> tell me if you find it because I don't know where it is. Uh, but that's, uh, that's it. I mean, I always thought that maybe someday I'd write one. I never thought that it would happen huh, the way that it did and, you know, how it all sort of came together relatively quickly. Uh, so it's, it's kind of been a whirlwind over the last several months as this thing has come to life. Thanks to you guys, of course. Wow, that's really cool, uh, Matthew, for sharing. Um, I really love that you, what you said about kind of writing and you know not to toot to your not to toot your own horn, but yes, toot toot <laughs> about you being you know a great uh, writer. Kind of this being uh, this passion of yours to kind of be in communications, and I mean throughout your life, I know your um, your professional life took like a different route, as you mentioned, kind of more in the corporate world rather than you know maybe straight journalism. But like you said, you still use those skills uh, throughout. And, um, you know, still keeping up with the writing, with LinkedIn, with blogs. So really cool that that also has been part of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. But um, I would love to kind of piggy off what you said about people saying, oh, you have a book in you. I know you said this kind of this huge journey of you, you know, becoming an author and writing uh, your first book. I would love to kind of dig into that conversation as to as to why that started. I know you're into writing, you enjoy it, you're good at it. But yes, now writing a book, that's a next step. You know, that's a big step into anyone's author journey. So what was inspiration for you to become an author? I'd love to hear that story. Yeah. So, you know, like many people, of course, you know, and I, I even put this in the book. So, Shameless plug for those of you who want to purchase it. <laughs> um, this is this is addressed in the book fairly early on, but like many people, um, you know, I said that my situation was not that unique in the sense that my career uh, was put on hold uh, due to the effects of COVID nineteen. I worked in the hospitality industry, and you know, many industries were impacted by the, the COVID nineteen pandemic. But it's safe to say that uh, the hospitality industry, in particular, was was mm-hmm. hit the hardest. And so I find myself for the first time since I was a teenager, not working. And, you know, I mentioned the the mm-hmm. college newspaper gig that I had uh, while in college and the internships at some of the papers, but also in college, I worked at a clothing store, for example. So I've always, mm-hmm. I've always worked. I've always just loved to feel productive and contributing to society. And, and now as a father of three, um, of course, the, the obvious reason to work is to support my family from a financial perspective. We have three kids. Mm-hmm. My wife was um, a stay-at-home mom for, for quite some time when our kids were very young. And so for, for many, many years, I was the only uh, financial provider for the family. And so mm-hmm. being in a situation where I was not able to do that uh, for the first time, like I said, in my life, it was very uncomfortable even though I knew I wasn't alone, like I said, and even though I knew it wasn't my fault, it didn't necessarily make me feel better uh, in, in some of those, you know, darker moments. And, and so there were moments during the initial, you know, quarantine period that I actually enjoyed it from the sense that this was the first time that 
this is not necessarily related to the job stuff, but some of the extracurricular activities that were also shut down as a result. So no more rushing to baseball practice or mm-hmm. piano lessons or right. gymnastics classes, right? So for the first time ever, I was able to spend real time with, with my family and, and my kids and and really get to uh, embrace and appreciate that quality time with them. So there were, there were plenty of moments that I, that I savored. Um, but that was early on when I thought that it was going to last a couple of weeks, literally thought it would be a couple of weeks. And by early to mid June, I'd be back at work. Um, that, that wasn't the case. So I, I continued to sort of fight these, this sort of tug of war <laughs> internally between feeling, you know, blessed to have this time and, and grateful for the time that I had with my kids for the right. first time ever, but also, struggling to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't providing for them financially. Um, And so I started to write about it on LinkedIn. I I started to share that going back to my LinkedIn blogs. I started to share some of my observations and insights and and people responded to it and, and found comfort and, and hope in some of what I was writing. Because what I discovered is that again, I wasn't alone and that many people were feeling these same things and yet couldn't quite articulate it themselves, or maybe they didn't feel comfortable doing so. And so I found myself being really transparent. I mean, for, you know, I've, I've, I've mentioned LinkedIn blogs where I've written blogs for years, but this was the first time they were deeply personal. And I was completely transparent and honest. And I wasn't, you know, pretending to be this, yeah. oh, everything's fine. You know, it's like, no, right. I'm struggling here. And, and, um, like I said, people reacted to it pretty positively, but yeah, like taking um, off that mask. <laughs> yes, like exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking off the mask, but still wearing when I go outside into the grocery store right now. Um, <laughs> so it was around this time, though, that that um, I started to find birding <laughs> as mm-hmm. as a great outlet for for therapy. And and a quick quick backstory there. Again, lived in Florida for seven years, grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Family and I moved here in 2013. But because of everything I talked about a minute ago with you know, working and hustling uh, around, rushing to baseball practice and soccer and football and piano and gymnastics, I never had time to do anything um, that was remotely, you know, relaxing or things like that when it came to, uh, you know, evenings uh, for the most part. So, yeah. I, I, for the first time, I had the opportunity to visit Everglades National Park, which is about an hour from us in South Florida, a place that I'd wanted to visit since we moved here, but again, didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, you know, just in awe of this place. And, and again, this is also wow. the book. I didn't see a single bird there. I didn't see one <laughs> bird, but there was something about being in a, in a national park. I took the three kids one day. It was right after they started to do like a phased reopening of the national parks across the country. And they weren't charging admission yet because they were trying to encourage people to, to get back out to the yeah. parks. Um, and as an added incentive without, without charging admission. And this was a way to have, you know, uh, be able to explore the, the, the national parks um, and, and engage in sort of a safe social distancing type activity at the same time. So here we were in the middle of the afternoon on a Thursday, basically with an entire national park to ourselves, like not a person <laughs> in sight. And I wow. was like, what am I? you're never going to have that kind of opportunity again. So right. when we got home that night, I thought to myself, you know, as, as great as it was to be able to go to the Everglades, it's still about an hour away. And at some point they're going to start charging again. Mm-hmm. So I had the idea to, 
do some research on some of these places that were a little bit closer. Um, and I discovered in this research that there were dozens of places within a 15 to 20 minute drive, one of which uh, is, is become sort of like my home, my home away from home. It's called the Plantation Preserve. It's um, about five minutes from my house. And the, the ironic, the irony there is it's, it's connected to a golf course called the Plantation Preserve Golf Course that I've been to a hundred times since living here. My kids have taken lessons there even, and I've, and I've been there. And right next to it, oh, right no. next to the driving range where I, as I put this in the book, I whacked away a little white balls for seven years. There was <laughs> steps away from this driving range is the Plantation Preserve Linear Trail, which is rated one of the top places for birding and, and nature enthusiasts in all of Broward County, Florida. So I went there with my mom one morning, about two or three days after my trip to the Everglades with the kids. Mm -hmm. And I immediately became enamored with this, with this whole world of birding and the idea of searching for a bird and then being able to photograph it and then getting home and, and looking at your photos and trying to to discover what it is that you thought you saw. Uh Um, And, and I just really enjoyed it. And that was it in the very beginning was like, this is a really fun activity for me. Uh, But the more that I did it, the more I realized how, it, be, it was it was such a therapeutic exercise for me as I was battling some of these demons. When there were moments where I was looking for jobs and I was feeling defeated and deflated and discouraged, mm-hmm. I would sort of lose myself wandering through these trails by my house and the birds were there the whole time. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I, and I wrote about some of them again in, in blogs on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and I was telling, and people wrote, started to make fun of me a little bit like, gee, Matt, are the other birds really like that cool? I'm like, <laughs> no, no idea. Uh, and, yeah. and really the book is not, and, and the, and the, it's not about the birds mm-hmm. specifically. It's about the ability to find yourself mm-hmm. again, lost in your own thoughts. You have the ability to reflect, to, to soul search, to find perspective and clarity and, and peace. And, right. and that was a huge part of my ability to stay positive and optimistic and focused on trying to, uh, you know, go back to work and, and, and continue to pursue new careers. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got the call to, to return to, to, to work. And I found myself at this plantation preserve trail. Mm-hmm. And I was walking through the trail alone that afternoon. It was uh, early uh, September on a Thursday afternoon. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to write one more blog as part of this series I had written all summer long about, about my journey while I was, was out of work. I said, I'm going to write one more blog and it's going to be all about the birds. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I had touched on it a little bit through some oh. of my other blogs. I weaved in some stories here and there. Right. But I, I said, I'm going to write one blog that's only about them and the lessons that I learned and the things that I was able to you know, gain through this new passion of mine. And then it occurred to me as I continued to walk around the, the park that day that this could be a book. You know, and I, said, I don't know how, but it could be. It could yeah. be. And uh, I got home that night and started to put the outline together. And I quickly realized that it was that I had learned so many things that I may have not even appreciated or, or maybe took for granted as I was learning them. But I quickly discovered that the things that I learned or, or, you know, the the lessons that were reinforced in some cases while engaging in this, in this activity of birding apply to basically every other situation in my life, whether personal or professional. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, the importance of preparing. If you want to go out and see a new bird that's been on your list for, for a number of months or whatever it is, you got to prepare. You got to do your homework. You got to do your research. You got to, you got to yeah. know what you're doing. You have to be, stay positive. You have to be, um, you have to be, show perseverance and, and uh, persistence, but you also have to be patient mm-hmm. uh, and give yourself, you know, grace and, and be patient. Um, and so, so many things that I, you know, teach my kids about, you know, life and then they're growing up and, you know, as they continue with their elementary school careers and things like that. And these are the things that I try to instill in them. But as adults, we don't always do a great job of, of taking the time to, to heed our own advice, right? And so here yeah. I was in this newfound activity of mine, learning some basic life principles all over again. You know, again, yeah. the importance of being patient and, and leaning on peers and experts. I mean, there are so many people down here who know a million times more than I'll ever know about birding. And so you have to rely on people around you and, and you can't think that you know it all. So the book is really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hybrid of sharing personal tidbits about my journey and some of the challenges and, and things like that as I was looking for work. Uh, but also, you know, each chapter is, is structured based on a specific lesson mm. that I learned in, in a particular outing while I was, was birding. So things about, again, preparation, yeah. one day going out looking for a bird when I didn't know what I was really looking for. And so mm-hmm. there's some humor in there because there are some funny moments where, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't always successful and things like that. But, right. you know, each chapter is based on how I learned something or, or you know, was reminded of the importance of a certain uh, lesson, mm-hmm. how it applies to other situations in life and, um, mm-hmm. you know, how, how it can be, how it can be applied to to anybody's life, whether you're a parent, you know, a coach, a, uh, a, a leader at your, your company, yeah, uh, yeah. a spouse, friend, whatever it is, there's, there's stuff in here that I think could, could resonate and, and lots of people could, could find some, some, some meaning in the stories. Right. Wow. That's absolutely incredible, Matthew. Like I'm sitting here <laughs> listening to you and your it's story. A lot, but thank you for humoring <laughs> me there. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I, I really love, I mean, a lot of things that you said, <laughs> and I was kind of keeping mental notes of, you have like just really great nuggets that you're sharing, but you know, I give you a lot of credit for really taking that time because I think, you know, the pandemic was such a, a crazy time for many of us, <laughs> right? Like last year was so, a lot of things changed in our world and, 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 you know, a lot of people did, you know, took it in different ways. So I kind of love that you, you know, despite the hardships, despite this, like something amazing came out of it, you know, in your journey. Um, and even just the book, uh, the subtitle is a journey to find hope, happiness and the wings to fly. <laughs> Basically, what you what you shared with me along the process of, you know, you writing and, you know, jobs, and this and the lessons that you're sharing with people in the book, too. It's not just about the birding, but also just about the lessons that you're learning, too, as well, and what you want to share with others. So I think it's awesome. <laughs> and I'm really excited you, for people. You, to... Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to mention, you know, very early on in the book, in fact, I think it's the opening sentence of the preface. You know, I say, you know, just just to give you fair warning that this book is not about birds specifically, <laughs> right? Because like, I didn't want to, because again, I, I, I just start, I, I photographed my first bird, uh, depending on when this airs, about a year ago, it was March. I'm sorry, May 14th, 2020, at the Plantation Preserve. Mm-hmm. Photo of a limpkin, and I tell the story. I didn't even know what a limpkin was when I saw it, but that that, that turned <laughs> out to be my first bird. And so, given that I've only been doing this 
you know, less than a year. And when I wrote the book, like I said, in September, I am, I am in no way an expert on birding. And so, you know, <laughs> this book is not designed to give people advice on how to be a bird, you know, a birding expert. And yes, there are those people out there. Um, and I've talked, I talked about some of them in the book, but really it's about, again, how I was able to find all of these, you know, life, uh, you know, nuggets of wisdom that I thought would be shareable and relatable to many people through this activity. Right. So the, right. The, the, it was a vehicle. It was the vehicle that I used uh, to discover some of these things. And for some people, that's music. For some people, it's, um, you know, exercise or uh, meditation, whatever it is. Right. People, you know, have, have, you know, have certain outlets that that they use to ha- to find this sense of perspective and clarity. And and um, and that's and it's, for me, birding became that. And, um, you know, I'm grateful that it did. Yeah, no, that's I love that you shared that because you're right. I think everyone has a vehicle that life kind of sometimes gifts them. Sometimes people know, you know, from a long time or sometimes people like you, like just kind of this new thing presents itself, this opportunity. And then, you know, how it, what it did to you. And now, you know, through birding, writing lessons and now you're a published author. <laughs> yeah, that and that was like the icing on the cake. Right. I mean, writing the book was an achievement in itself. Um, and, and initially I, I wrote it without even necessarily thinking about the next steps of, of publishing mm-hmm. it and making it accessible to anybody beyond my, my family. But, yeah. um, but after I wrote it and reread it and shared it with a few people within, you know, my inner circle, they were like, you, you should definitely run with this. And then I even got the advice from some published authors that I had, you know, met throughout my career at you know various mm-hmm. conferences or events. And the feedback was positive, even from them. And I was like, don't just tell me that because you want, you think <laughs> I want to hear that. Like, be honest, because, you know, I, I want to, I want to hear, you know, do you think this would resonate? Do you think that there's something in this? There's a story here. And, and basically the response was yes. And, you know, it, it, some people might not find it as inspiring as others, or there's, there might be certain lessons in there that some might not find as relatable to their specific situation. But I think there's enough in here where, where many people what uh, might surprisingly find it um, more relatable than they initially thought. In fact, a cousin of mine, you know, mm-hmm. he, he texted me one day and he was like, I don't, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm almost surprised at how much I'm, I'm enjoying this. And I said, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not offended by that because th- that's what I want. That's, that's what I'm trying to articulate. People might look at this and say, well, why do I need to read a book about birds? That's why I keep saying it's not about birds. It's about so many other things. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like there's a story in there and, again, st- stuff in there that, that many people will find inspirational or at least helpful or insightful, uh, no matter where they, you know, where they are in the world or their age or careers, things like that. I mean, I think I think there's something in there that, that, that people can can take away from it. No, really cool. And and thanks for sharing that comment, you know, about your cousin. I think hopefully, you know, more people that you read your book will start to to have those moments of like, man, like applying it to their own lives, you know, like the lessons, the the good feedback, you know, that you give and and share with others, which is really cool. Yeah. Well it's funny, even my son, I you know I have, I have three children. I talk about them throughout the book a lot, but my oldest uh, he'll be mm-hmm. twelve later this year, his name is Dylan. Cool. And you know, one of the actually the first chapter of the book is about positivity and and the, and the need to stay positive and think positive thoughts and, and trust in yourself and things like that. And we were driving to school one day and he was and he had a big test coming up and I said, Dylan, are you are you prepared? He's like, Yeah. I said, Do you feel good about it? And he's like, Yes. And I said, Well, why you know, why do you feel good? And he said, Well, 
it, it, it would benefit me to feel positive mm. about it. If, I, if I'm thinking negatively going into it, then mm. I won't do as well. I have to be confident in my abilities and, and, and stay positive and think positive thoughts and, and that it'll, it'll yield, it'll yield the returns I want because <laughs> think going into a test thinking you're going to fail, you probably won't do as well if right. you were more confident. I said, what are you, I said, where did you just do it? <laughs> you're only 11. That's pretty wise. So where did you see, get that? He said, I read it in your book, dad. Wow. I said, oh, yeah, I guess you did, <laughs> didn't you? I guess you did. So, um, I love that. <laughs> so I, I was like, wow, maybe I should go back and reread it myself sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, and I, I, that's why I say I think it's relatable and there's mm. some wisdom in there that I think people will find able to apply in their own life. Right. No, that's great. I'm so excited for, you know, for all our listeners tuning in, uh, for you to check out the book. We'll definitely put, you know, in the show notes links to your to your book. Um, but for people to, you know, listen to it and kind of see what they can take out of it. Thank you, Gabby. Of course. You know, one more thing I'll say, I know we're, I've already spoken a lot about the birds. No, no problem at all. One of the things too, that I, I neglected to mention about why this particular activity was, was, was so you know therapeutic for me as I was looking for work is because one of the things I love most about this hobby that I never experienced with any other is the, the possibilities of the unknown, right? Every time mm-hmm. I went out to a park, whether it's one I had been to a hundred times or it was one that I had never visited before. As soon as you get there, you never know what you'll see. And you could find, there's, again, there's obviously, there's, there's chapters in the book that talk about this concept. And there's one in particular about the power of believing in possibilities and that every once in a while, something incredibly rare and unique uh, that you never expected to see uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you stumble upon these, these things. Um, and you never knew that you would when you first got there that day, right? There, right. Yeah, there's plenty of stories in this book where I go, where I talk about going to a specific park to see something that I intended to see. And that happens sometimes happens you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, but there are many times right. when you go somewhere and something is not even on your radar and yet it appears and mm-hmm. it gives you the hope to believe that, anything's possible, right? If, if I can walk through a park and have this rare bird that's rarely ever seen, if ever has been seen in Broward County, which, which actually happened. And one of the, one of the birds that I saw, it was mm-hmm. the first time it had ever been seen at that particular park. It wasn't the first ever park or the first ever sighting in Broward County, but at the plantation right. preserve, if you go on ebird.com, which I mentioned in the book, <laughs> the black-billed cuckoo was first seen at Plantation Preserve in September of 2020 by me. And wow. again, it just goes to show you that anything's possible, right? So if you can, if you can, if you can have that mindset and go through life realizing mm-hmm. that you never know, no matter how yeah. bad you're feeling about something or how bleak your situation might be, the mm-hmm. possibility. Or something great to happen tomorrow, the next day, it's always there. Always. Wow. Right? It's always yeah. there. You never know. Totally is. Yeah. And when and birding, like I said, is the only activity or, you know, um, thing that I've ever done in my life, really, mm-hmm. where I think you can say that about it. Sports, yes. But you're, if you go to a baseball game, you might see something that you might see something special that happens at the game. Somebody gets five home runs in a game or something, but you're still going to see a baseball game. You're not going to show up to a baseball game and see a football game. You know what I mean? So (laughs) it's the only thing where it's totally, it's, it's, it's this fascination uh, of the unknown. You don't know what you're going to see and and that's what's exciting Um, about it. Yeah. Like you can't predict any of your findings. You can't can't predict. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Mm, really love that. And uh, so true. And I think that's, yeah, thank you for sharing as to why that kind of ties into, you know, life too, as you're yeah. mentioning <laughs> that um, being open, I think, to that known and you never know what that'll lead to. Right. Which is so cool. No, I, that's amazing. <laughs> really, really cool. I feel like we could uh, talk all day about, you know, how birding could relate to life and, you know, so much, so many good things. But um, I'd love to kind of take the conversation um, in a little bit more practical way, if sure. I could, Matthew, to sure. talk about, you know, obviously we have heard amazing things about, you know, your experience, your journey into, into writing this content, but I kind of want to talk a little bit too about the author process. Uh, you know, for many people, they never think of writing a book and, you know, kind of similar, like you said, that wasn't necessarily like your first thought when you were writing, you know, this awesome, you know, content and feeling that you're pouring yourself into. But um, I want to know if there were any surprises, any favorite parts, any challenges about a- the actual writing uh, author process, you know, working with, you know, um, editors, working with, you know, design, working with, you know, part of this um, of a team too, that is, you know, in, in, in publishing, um, how was that kind of a experience for you and, you know, kind of some insight? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess the thing that I'll say that surprised me the most was kind of once I sat down and put the outline together and put the the overall structure of the book together on paper in terms of the, the chapters and how I think I wanted it to flow and things like that, uh, it, it, it happened very quickly like it sort of flowed out of me a little bit because once I again allowed myself to put some structure behind it and I knew the direction that I wanted it to go in it made it that much easier to to write it so I, I guess you know the advice then or the insight that I, I, I gleaned from that that I could share with others is to, to quote another famous author uh, Stephen Covey mm-hmm. you know one of the you know one of the greatest leadership authors of all time Stephen Covey in his book uh the seven habits of highly effective people begin with the end in mind begin with the end in mind mm. what do you, what do you want this book to be where do you what do you want readers to take away and you know what's your vision for it and really put your vision write it down and that should be your guide as you write the entire thing and i will say this you know because i was a newspaper writer and uh, the majority of my writing has been pretty quick turnaround in terms of, hey, we need something tomorrow <laughs> type stuff. And again, mm-hmm. writing for newspapers, if I was covering a lot, of, a lot of the writing I did for newspapers was, was sports journalism. So covering a football game, I have three hours or, you know, or whatever, two hours after the game is over to, to finalize the story and send it. Right. Not a ton of time to to go back and edit and, and really challenge yourself to stay disciplined enough to to cut things out, even if you find stuff to be really good, if it doesn't fit mm-hmm. or it doesn't make sense within the context of the book, get rid of it, right? So this was the first time in my writing career where I really took the time to try to do that. Um, but mm-hmm. that's also where Fig Factor came in because, you know, um, it's hard to be your own editor, right? Like I, I there was some yeah. stuff that I, I thought I did a pretty good job and I probably did do a pretty good job in terms of saying, all right, this doesn't seem to fit. Um, get rid of that, Matt. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going on a little bit long to here. Get rid of that. But once yeah. I, you know, decided that I was going to publish it, mm-hmm. I looked around, um, you know, I entered, you know, looked at various models, right? Various options in between traditional publishing, which is mm-hmm. extraordinarily hard if you're, if you're an unknown uh, entity, which yeah. I just, 
Um, <laughs> you know, some of the authors that I'd spoken to, like I said, and, and some of whom were gracious enough to write some words of, of praise for my book. One of them is Tim mm-hmm. Kirchin, who is a very famous uh, ESPN uh, analyst for Major League Baseball, author of a couple of best-selling books, published mm-hmm. by one of the major you know publishing houses in the country, and he, even he was like, "You got to you got to think about self-publishing, Matt. Self-publishing." And I wasn't opposed to self-publishing because, again, with with with, with KDP or you know Amazon's publishing um, network mm-hmm. or whatever it is, there's so many options out there that somebody could do it. But the thought mm-hmm. of doing everything on my own, graphic design, yeah. um, layout, uh, and again, real real editing, right? Like I said, I did some proofreading and editing myself, but the perspective of of somebody else, and so. That's when I discovered that there's sort of a hybrid model between traditional publishing and self-publishing. And so then who do you choose from there? Uh, And and Fig Factor, I kind of stumbled upon Fig Factor like I stumbled upon that black-billed cuckoo, Gabby. Um, An executive executive at one of the companies that I worked with previously uh, had written a book through Fig Factor, um, Orlando Mm -hmm. Ashford. Um, And so I looked at his profile and said, well, Orlando is, um, he was a former president of Holland America Cruise Line when I worked at Carnival. And so I said, well, look, it's good enough for Mr. Ashford. Well, then maybe I'll email this company myself. And uh, Jackie, <laughs> the CEO of the company, I think she you know, emailed me back within 24 hours. Very responsive. Uh, we set up time yeah. to talk. Um, and then I, I knew that this was the right the right place for me to pursue this this dream mm-hmm. and to get it published. And so, you know, I will say, you know, that the, that, Self-publishing is certainly an option, but think twice about that because um, you're going to need some people that not only help keep you on the on the straight and narrow in terms of shifting, you know, because it could be easy for you to miss things that an objective, you know, third party will provide. Not only the expertise mm-hmm. in terms of your design and layout, which I could never in a million years do. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, and, uh, you know, you mentioned the the subtitle, "A Journey to Find Hope, Happiness, and the Wings of Flight." Uh, that was thanks to you guys in terms of challenging me. And the title itself, a little bit told me, I won't share with you the original title. Well, actually, I will. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll do it. It was on, the title of the book was On Birding, um, a, a journey of discovery and self-reflection and lessons for life, work, and parenting. I mean, that is not only a mouthful, it is boring <laughs> and dull. And so um, I believe it was Michelle yeah. So came in and she said, Matt, I mean, this is like really boring. I mean, what you got <laughs> outside the box, you know, what, um, you know, what would a bird, what would a bird call, what would a bird title this book? And I said, Michelle, how, I don't know. I mean, well, <laughs> I don't know. So I right. said, oh, that's how I was noodling that question in my head all weekend long. What would a bird call this? What would a bird say? What would a little birdie say? And that's what then, so, you know, I, it was an inner, it just popped into my head. A little birdie told me. You know, what would the yeah. birdie tell me? Well, what did they tell me? What have they told me already? That's what right. it's about. So again, <laughs> long-winded answer, but the, the the feedback and perspective and the constructive criticism, that and that's the, that's the key. It's constructive. It's designed to pull out the best that this book can be and the best that you can be as an author. And that's what, that's what Fig Factor had, had done for me and it could do for other people as well. Yeah, that's so awesome to hear, uh, Matt. You and I, I think you're so right. Well, you know, shout out to you know everyone you mentioned because I, I played an important role. <laughs> I think now. Plus, you you were very patient with me as I you know would send you know really uh, 
lengthy texts about things. And he'd be like, man, I'm not. You're not the only author I work with. Of course. I'm like, I know I'm not, but I still am fairly needy. Um, no, but, uh, everybody's been great. No everybody's, it's, been, it's been a dream come true. Yeah, that's so awesome to hear. And I think, you know, that's our goal here at Fake Factor Media, you know, helping authors uh, reach their dreams of becoming an author, you know, and every journey is different and every author needs different things and, you know, how we can, you know, be of service to, to you all and to your incredible stories that you have to share is, is what makes us happy, <laughs> you know, which which Thank is you. awesome. But um, great insight, you know, I think this has been such an amazing episode. You have so much insight. So I feel like What's what's new for you? What has your life changed? I almost feel like you have many more big books in you, <laughs> to be honest. You know, it's funny you say that because I never thought that I would write one little one. Like I said, I thought I thought I wanted to, but I never thought it would actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I have written this one, I, I you might be right. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of funny like kid stories in there, so I think I've always said maybe my next book will be only about these you know really amusing yet poignant kid stories that I've collected over the years. Mm-hmm. That, again traditionally only shared on Facebook, but yeah. yeah, I may write another one, but for now I'm going to enjoy this one. And so I'm really going to just savor this one, try to, you know, continue to promote it and market it. I've already reached out to some local, uh, you know, the local chapter mm-hmm. of the Audubon society, for example, Ooh. is, um, one of the you know most well-known bird organizations in, in the country. And there's a local chapter here in South Florida and potentially doing some, uh, crossover, you know, promotional partnership type stuff and yes. maybe do some events or book, book readings uh, <laughs> with that group or whatever it is. So try to find ways to, you know, get it out there mm-hmm. and you know, expose people to it is what I'm focused on right now. But uh, it. it's been totally exciting. It, it, I'm humbled by people that I have worked with or known throughout my life in whatever capacity who have reached out to me. How can I get a signed copy? <laughs> uh, I was like, of what? Of my book? What? Me? You want to? And it's been it's been overwhelming and humbling. And hmm. somebody, like I said, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that I grew up in the D.C. area, and somebody you know, reached out to me and said, "Are you ever going to come back up to the you know the D.C. area and do some book signings?" I'm like, oh. I responded, "LOL, no, like me, no, because I don't I don't think of myself as that way. I was like, if you want one, mail me a book and I'll mail it back to you and sign it. But it, it's totally overwhelming hmm. uh, the thought that." People want that. Yeah. And I've received every single day I get home, my, my wife is like, you got more books today to sign. I'm like, really? And <laughs> some of them are, you know, bosses that I've had, people that I, you know, went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Um, people have bought them for family and friends of their own. So I'm, I'm just overwhelmed and grateful and, and beyond appreciative of the, the support that I've received so far. Yeah, well, absolutely incredible, Matthew. And, and so well deserved. You know, I think you say, you know, why? Why me? But it's, you know, it's you, you did it, you know, like you, you know, we always have a our, our cheerleaders and some that we don't even know. But you know, once you did, you know, like all these people ordering your book and all the more to come. So I'm super excited for you. I, you know, super proud of everything that you've accomplished uh, within your book. And it's really a fantastic book. So I'm so excited for more people to keep uh, uh, exploring it and reading it and just the amazing opportunities that will come your way uh, through this. So exciting. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Of course. Um, But yes, I've had an absolute blast talking to you today, Matthew. I want to just offer the floor once again to you for you to say any last words, anything, any advice you give to maybe authors thinking of writing a book or, or just for yourself, any message that you would want to leave our listeners with today. Sure. Thanks, Gabby. And it's fitting because it's one of the overall sort of themes of (laughs) of the book itself, which is just 
do it, right? Just do it. Don't don't second guess yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Um, pursue it. Now's the time, right? I know like I said the, the past year, and you said it too. It's been a challenging year for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's also uh, it's also provided the opportunity for people to, whether by force or by choice, to to take a step back and to reassess what's important to them, and really take this time and seize this opportunity to pursue a dream they never thought would be possible to pursue. Uh, maybe because they never gave themselves the permission to, to do it because life is so busy and there's more important stuff. There's an email that I have to return tonight, right? Like mm-hmm. now's the time to do it. Now's the time. And uh, you should, you should just let yourself pursue the dreams that you've wanted to pursue your entire life. You just never allowed yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Super well said. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matthew, for, for those awesome words. And, you know, to all our listeners, you know, please take it, <laughs> this incredible advice and, and make it happen. You know, life is short. So uh, push yourself to, to reach your goals and dreams. Totally. Thank you, Gabby. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, um, Matthew. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We are so excited for um, all our listeners. As we mentioned in the show notes, we're going to put uh, ways to contact uh, and stay in touch with Matthew and get his book. Uh, and please share this episode. This would be awesome. Please share it with anyone who needs a little inspiration and uh, you know can hear from, uh, from Birding, too, <laughs> and Matthew in this new incredible journey that he's in. So thank you once again, Matthew. Uh, it has been a pleasure. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you so much for tuning into this incredible episode. We had a blast talking to Matthew today. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. Please share this episode with anyone who dreams of becoming an author, needs a little inspiration in their lives, or wants some positive content to listen to today. Follow us on Facebook at Thick Factor Media or visit us at thickfactormedia.com. Be sure to check out our show notes for more information on our authors and where to find their books. Thank you once again, and always, always remember... Taking off is optional, but landing on your dreams is mandatory. Until next time.